Breakups and divorce can be extremely painful, lonely, and confusing. But I believe your breakup can be your biggest breakthrough. I'm Lindsay Ellison, author, coach, speaker, and single mom of two awesome young men. Welcome to a podcast about finding joy and inner peace after a breakup. You may not be able to see what's on the other side yet, but I promise if you do the healing work, your life will transform in ways you never thought possible. Welcome to Unbreakable You. A few months ago, I broke my foot playing pickleball of all things, and it was really painful. I had to wear a boot and it was really difficult to walk. So I went into the drugstore and found a purple cane that had glitter and it was all glammed out. And I laughed at how silly I looked with a glitzy old lady cane. But nonetheless, I owned my injury and made the best of it. Well, my story isn't unusual. This is what we all do when we are injured, right? We don't pretend it isn't there. We don't hide our injury from others, nor do we go out and run on that bad foot or broken leg before it's fully healed, right? But for some reason, when it comes to emotional wounds, we do the exact opposite. We pretend they aren't there. We hide them. We are ashamed of them. And instead of giving them time to heal, we expose them to toxic people only for them to pierce the scar that was trying to heal. We don't protect our wounds nor give them loving boundaries in order for them to stay healed. Our scars are not to be ashamed of, yet we see our scars as the scarlet letter, like the famous letter Hester Prynne had to wear in the literary novel, The Scarlet Letter. She had to wear the letter A, that was made of scarlet cloth, and the A stood for adultery because she had a child out of wedlock. She was mocked, and her life was threatened for what she did. And so, interestingly enough, I call our scars our scar-lit letters because we are so ashamed for what happened in our past. We are embarrassed we stayed with him, despite his cheating porn, addiction, gambling, or alcoholism. We are ashamed that a woman beat us up or had the capacity to break our manhood down to nothing. We used to drive that BMW, but now that we are single, we are driving that used Chevy with 80,000 miles. We are in mounds of debt, but before him, we had tons of money. How could we have been so stupid and trusting to let him spend our retirement money on a new car? We are superstars at work, only to come home after a long day feeling lonely or scared. And we wonder how the hell we got into this situation. So without that actual answer, it makes us even more ashamed. These are our scars. They are tender, soft to the touch, and they are sensitive. But if you look at actual scar tissue on skin, the skin around it, is stronger than what was there before. It's thicker and maybe a little uglier, but the ugly wrinkled skin is the beautiful miracle that helped you heal and become stronger than ever. 
Our scars may show where the wound occurred, but they also show where we healed. Our scars may show what was done to us, but they also show what we did for us. Our scars may show the injury of someone's attack, but they also show the imprint of their failed attempt, like a tattoo reminding us that we are unbreakable. Two years ago, when I left my coaching practice for six weeks to get help with my relapsing codependency and my life was falling apart, I was deeply ashamed that I couldn't get it together. And when I learned that it was due to unresolved childhood trauma, I couldn't believe how my scars from my childhood were resurfacing, opening up, and reinfecting me. I thought my scars had disappeared. But my dear listener, scars don't disappear. No, we hide them and we lie to ourselves that they disappeared. I hid my scars from the world and pretended they weren't there because I thought they were ugly. So I wore a mask to make sure no one saw them, just like a Band-Aid. Ah, but what happens when we don't allow our wounds to breathe? Yeah, they become infected and get worse. We mustn't hide them, but nurture them and love them and wear them with pride because they are what make us who we are. And sure, some areas around the scar might be a little vulnerable, right? So we stay away from sharp edges that might puncture the tender skin, the same way we use boundaries with everyone we meet. So I want to put this metaphor in real time and just give you an example of what I mean. So I'm going to talk about using myself as an example here. So my scars are abandonment and neglect to name just a couple. I don't want you to think it's just those two. Okay. My scars are abandonment and neglect. So now that I take care of them and I'm, I'm very aware of them and I take care of them and I own them, I am very cautious of the kind of people I surround myself with. And I may take longer to get into a relationship with someone to make sure they see my scars and also respect them, right? Because I'm not hiding them. So when my boyfriend and I were in the courting phase of our relationship, meaning courting, we were getting to know each other without being fully committed. And this is something that I talk about in my uh, breakthrough course about this particular phase that so many people skip. So the courting phase is the most important part. I shared my story with him. And of course, not all in one date, (laughs) that would be weird. But through many dates over dinner and my backyard fire pit and on long road trips, I shared my relationship triggers, you know, those things that flick at our scars, like the snap of a rubber band and can cause injury or pain. My triggers are canceling last minute, not checking in with me during the day, not having firm plans or being up in the air about what we are doing over the weekend. I know those triggers because I wrote them down and I made a whole trigger mitigation plan, which is something I talk about a lot with you guys. So because not hearing from someone I care about makes me feel like a little girl and I make up that another person is going to leave me. So somewhere in our courtship, I shared those vulnerabilities with him and asked if that kind of communication is something he could do for me and with me. 
And of course, he said yes. But if he had said, you know what, no, that's not the kind of guy I am, and I'm more of a loosey-goosey kind of guy, at that courting phase, I would have been fine with it because I had not fully invested myself into that relationship. And at that phase, I know how much I need to take care of my scars. Otherwise, I will end up with a massive wound, which may be even more painful to heal the second time or the third time or the fourth time. As you all know, when we keep getting hurt, it does take longer and it hurts even more the next time we, this happens to us. I'm not doing that anymore, nor do I want you to do that. But if this was said by someone who hides their scars and pretends they aren't there, it might come off as passive aggressive or controlling, right? It might be communicated after the trigger happened and not before, which would then be reactive and emotional. But because I now own my story and share it with those I like to get close to, I have to show them my scars and say, hey, could you be gentle around these when we do such and such? With my close girlfriends, I may be quick to feel rejected or abandoned if I'm not included because that's the stuff I went through as a kid. So I let them know, hey, I know this sounds silly, but these are my scars. So could you be sensitive and just let me know ahead of time so I don't have to find it out on Facebook or on Instagram because that stuff is really triggering for me. So when we are triggered, our scars get a little nicked. It's kind of like that rubber band that gets flicked on them. So we then produce thoughts as if we were in the place of our original injury and not as our healed self. So if we pretend those scars aren't there, then we believe we are actually being re-wounded all over again. And we act like the age when we first got that wound. So I want you to think of your scars the way someone has a gluten allergy. This is the person, right? You probably, you are, you're that person or you have someone that you know. So this is the person that asked the waiter about every ingredient in the food. Any, any hidden gluten, right? What's in the food? Or she prepares her own food at a party and protects herself so she doesn't get sick. And I'm sure you know her, right? She says loud and proud at the party, hey, I'm gluten-free. What's in this stuff? It's the same way we have to think about our scars. Hey, I'm a little damaged, but we're not saying it in a codependent victim mode, woe is me. It's coming at it from a place of we're owning it. We're protecting ourselves. We're, it's self-love. It's self-care. And we're not going to sit around and expose ourselves to every toxic situation. And the other thing is I wanted to say too is that person who has the gluten allergy, right? Everyone else can eat gluten just fine, but for some reason, she's got the allergy. So other people may not have issues with canceling last minute, or some people like to have loosey-goosey plans. I don't work that way. I'm a planner. And again, that can come off as controlling, but I'm very sensitive to that. So I'm sensitive to making sure I'm not coming off as controlling because that's old codependent bullshit. That's what codependents do. We try to control because we're trying not to get hurt. But that's because we're trying to pretend we're someone that we're not, which is wounded, right? So when we own our scars, when we own our scarlet letter, when we wear it loud and proud and say, hey, this is who I am, we come at it from a much more authentic voice rather than 
a voice of fear or control or um, passive aggressive. So wanted to just give you one last note here. So to prepare for this podcast, I decided to look up the Scarlet Letter because it's been many years since I read it. I, I've used this phrase many times in my coaching, uh, but I kind of had to really remember what the book was about. And in fact, I need to read this again. We should do a book club of the Scarlet Letter because I think there's so much good stuff in there that we can really take away in our current lives. But there was a line in the abstract about Hester Prynne, the woman who wore the Scarlet Letter, that I think may just wrap up this episode perfectly. Although she was initially scorned, over time, her compassion and dignity silenced many of her critics. Her Scarlet Letter became so embroidered in her own clothing, her initial sin became her greatest asset. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, make sure you sign up for your free subscription to Blessings of a Breakup, where you will receive daily spiritual guidance on getting out of your pain and back to who you really are. Go to my website at lindsayellison.com.